Good morning, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of a Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Mornay, and my co-host, Aiden. How's it, guys? Very up and down week for Arsenal fans. Our emotions were all over the place. Um, first of all, game against Spurs, I think it's a very good performance, and I do think that was, a, I was unlucky of Arsenal to not get all three points. And it's a big ups to Emre, you know, he, he said that the team kind of slightly differently to like how he normally did. This time also playing a bit of a deeper defensive line, unlike normally with a high defensive line, which we got caught out many times. So I think he took notes against Arsenal, Carabao Cup against Spurs, and also against Chelsea beating Spurs. You know, the deeper line kind of nullifies Spurs' attack. Because, I mean, you could see Arsenal's the tactic from the get-go was, you know, give Tottenham the position, but then frustrate and dictate when we want to counter-attack. Because, I mean... It's not like they were Tottenham were then getting you know the ball into our off, but I mean they weren't not uh, they weren't really making any you know uh, through roads through that uh, the defense and and that, you know getting really behind our back our back four. We I mean it's definitely well to 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 keep Eriksen, Son, and Kane quiet. Those are normally the guys that cause Arsenal problems, but it seemed like you know every had some sort of tapes there that the guys watching or something like that. To prepare better because under Wenger Arsenal normally would be like okay we're just gonna go on the pitch and play as you are because to yes Arsenal um should have taken the lead I think in the third minute when you will be cut inside from the left and you floated the ball to the unmarked Lacazette and I mean I personally thought you know with him ghosting into that, that pocket of space I thought he was now gonna bring the ball down and place it and I think it's almost like he just choked up on the shot and he ended up just scuffing the ball wide under no real. I mean, I don't think there was even pressure because Loris was staying on his line. Every like you know, the whole defense of Spurs were, you know, giving him the freedom of Wembley. And I mean, he still managed to miss, uh, you know, golden opportunity, which we need to work on. Missing these golden opportunities is coming to bite us in the yeah. behind all the time. I mean, we have the world class strikers. In a bombing, and like I said, I think they should be that chance he missed. Should have, I think, was one of few that, like I said, should have buried in this game. And one thing I want to also add, um, what did surprise me was you know, for a game tipped to by the media as like you know, a game that was going to be you know, Tottenham's favor and almost like one way traffic, uh, it was you know, anything but because Arsenal were now making a right game of this because uh, people like Windowsy, Mkhitaryan, I mean, for certain parts, Windowsy in the first quarter about you know grafting making you know putting players under pressure of of spurs because i mean it's not like our midfield was starting to nullify theirs you know really because i mean i think even if you look at the the uh, player ratings at full time it was almost like arsenal's uh the midfield on the day were actually bossing it really you know for for us um on 16 minutes arsenal takes the lead because Kane breaks into the arsenal box his way is blocked by Cossiel in Montreal. Uh, Montreal then moves the ball forward. Uh, Donaldson Sanchez fluffs his clearance and the ball falls straight to Lacazette who, with one smooth action, plays in Ramsey. The Welshman then speeds through, outpacing Sanchez and then coolly rounding Loris and rolling the ball into an empty net. 1-0 Arsenal. Surprise, surprise. There's a well-taken finish. Like the composure Ramsey showed and... Um... I think you know not a lot of people would have been able to do all that the way he did it under the pressure. And was it, you told me that the comment that uh, was it Peter Drury made 
was when he scored or was it afterwards? No, it was like about 30, about 30 or 40 seconds after the kickoff again. He made that comment about that, waking up in Turin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, almost like it's going to become more like an iconic uh, quote, you know, to remember Ramsey by. For the we definitely will miss Ramsey. I mean, he's, he's, especially at Wembley, he showed that he, he knows how to score at Wembley and also in the North London derby as well. He's, he's gotten a few away from home against players as well. So, you know, going to miss the guy. Something I didn't tell you, and I mean, I can also like, not tell the listeners at the same time I'm telling you. But you know, when that ball broke to Ramsey and he started getting that run, I mean, look, he was already an hour off when he started the run. You know, I actually started getting up and was starting to walk towards the TV, you know, I was like trying to run with him. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's all like you hold your breath the minute he, like I mean I held my breath there when he when because he, I I started seeing that Sanchez and I slowly started to catch up to him and I thought oh god it's gonna be that you know one of the things where just as he wants to play the shot he's gonna be you know gonna slide into him and then I mean just for that audacity from from uh, Ramsey you know to almost like Leo uh, Loris out and then just round him like you know coolly and then roll the ball into the net I loved it and I mean of course with that celebration where he points twenty to his chest and then. Pointed to the Wembley pitch, it was like you know <laughs> my house. <laughs> yeah, because I mean he, he has uh, had some iconic moments at Wembley and at Ramsey, especially those goals against um, Hull to end the trophies route, and then the one winner against Chelsea as well. So he had every right to do that. Yeah. What I liked about Arsenal as well, when we were defending, we always went into like a four-four-two shape where Aaron Ramsey almost then helped, like I said as a second striker, you know, trying to close the space. And then on attack, we switched to like a four, a four, two, three, one. So I think that's something Uzzel needs to maybe get to his game as well, is that when we start defending, we there's a, there's a structure and shape we have to defend as, and it clearly worked well against Spurs. Um, and then on 43 minutes, also another real highlight for Arsenal fans in the game. Not that we really were asking for it, like, but we were on the back foot. And then, Harry Kane plays in Ericsson, you know, with a great pass over the Arsenal defence. Uh, the Dane fires the ball straight into Leno, and as it bounces forward, Leno then makes a fantastic recovery save from Sissoko, who just smashes the ball, and Leno, already going almost like the wrong way, just flings out the end to, you know, divert the ball for a corner. Fantastic save by, by the German. I may be a bit critical, but look at what time that save happened. 43 minutes. What's that showing you? Arsenal again, gifting chances just before half-time. I mean, this is not a... I mean, we'll discuss in the range game as well, but I mean, this is not something that's new now. It's, it needs to be cut out. I mean, the um, for five minutes before half-time, I don't know if Arsenal should just stop attacking and just switch on and put everything on defence because... Yes, it was a lovely save, Ali. You know, like I was shocked watching the save, but I mean, these chances can't keep happening like this before half time. And then I mean, at half time, going in at one all. Um, I'm, I was thinking, okay, we're gonna go, you know, as you were second half, but then second half, uh, Emery makes the change, bringing on Torreira for Windows because I think the mindset there was we were starting to get. Sw- I'm sorry, the first half. And I think that is now where you know we needed to be needed a bit more assurance on the ball. So I think that's where that change and came in. And then another for- thing also I saw like Gwendozi, he was kind of tight on Ericsson. So you know, maybe once they wanted to switch it up, he did maybe also want Gwendozi, you know, to 
like you mentioned, we were getting swarms, so maybe Quinn was also getting tired a bit as well, because he was everywhere, Ericsson was just trying to frustrate Ericsson as well. Then on 53 minutes, again, another frustrating moment for Arsenal fans. Uh, Nacho Monreal manages to get into like great interplay between Monreal and Iwobi, allowed the Spaniard then to whip a ball in the cross into the box. Lacazette again on the end of it, and instead of you know being a bit calm in front of goal, again drags his shot past the goal. You know, another chance wasted. And I mean, it's also at, at points in the game where. You know, this thing could almost like give us a, not a, I wouldn't say a lifeline, but almost like more breathing space, even if it's like just a 2-0 lead. But I mean, these things can also sometimes change for the better. I don't always have to be, you know, where, uh, you know, a nervy 2-0. It could have also been a 2-0 that takes the wind out of Tottenham sails. Because look, they were also throwing everything from it from, you know, as the game now just wore on. Yeah, and, and the way Arsenal was playing, were playing, I think, Two well up, I think Arsenal would have just grinded that game out like they have been doing as well at Southampton game at the Emirates where we just took that lead and then just shut the game down. I think we would have done something very similar to that. I don't think Spurs would have been allowed that freedom to get themselves back into the game. Because I mean, even up to that point, I mean, uh, I know some people were like in the, in the I'm talking about the specific game now of the Spurs game, they were kind of critical of Xhaka. But I mean, for me, he was actually bossing it so that it, he was nullifying. Because look, they played with two hard men, uh, Wanyama and Sissoko, Tottenham. And I mean, he was trying, you know, he was almost like nullifying whatever, try, you know, build up they wanted to start or whatever. So he was dominating them along with, I mean, you know, the others that were around him. And then on, on, on shift, uh, what was it, 71 minutes, Spurs, like, you know, really cranking up the pressure. Danny Rose also lucky not to be sent off going straight to Leno with a stud showing into the east, uh, the goalkeeper's chest. And I mean, I thought to myself, that should have been, you know, something more serious than, you know, the way they played it out to be. Because I mean, it was very, very harsh, the tackle. Also, they make a change in the 72nd minute. Mesut Ozil coming on for Aaron Ramsey. So, I don't know. So, the Emirates thinking was probably now to get the foot on the ball and, you know, start doing things more with the ball. But, I mean, that also, in a way, backfired because in the 73rd minute, Spurs are level. Mustafi gives away a needless penalty. As usual. Although the replay did show that Harry Kane was offside when that freaky came through. But, you know, that said, it's still, I mean, you still have to, you know, be careful with what you do in the box. Because, I mean, it's as I said, it's a needless thing because... I think he was already being covered. I think I'm not sure if it was Kosielny or something. Yeah, it was Kosielny. Because they were already like you know leaning in like, to him towards like you know to push him towards the, the dead ball line. But I mean, he clearly. I mean, and it's not even he's not even hiding it. It's clearly showing that he's just nudging the player off the ball, like completely off the ball. And I mean, it's not going to take Eric and another invite, you know, to go down anyway. So yeah, the Englishman that stepped up sent Leno the wrong way. One one scoring, scoring 99 versus Arsenal as well. Yeah. He just, just doesn't stop scoring against Arsenal. Oh, yeah. And prior to that, I forgot to mention uh, 56 minutes actually. Uh, Arsenal did make the change where Aubameyang came on for Lacazette. And I mean, Lacazette again switching back to that stroppy, you know, stroppy behavior coming off the pitch. And I mean, it, you know, sometimes if you're already in a game of this high tempo and whatever. And I mean, you're not, look, you're fluffing your chances that you get. Yes. 
and they need to still have the audacity to come, you know, throw a strop. I mean, sorry. I mean, as much as I like you as a player, but I mean, things have to be done. And there has to be repercussions to your misses and stuff like that. So yeah, I had no sympathy for him there. And uh, it's just annoying, like, you know, when they're sitting there with a scowling face on the bench, almost like they're being hard done by. I think that, um, like I said, and, and Aubameyang, both to get their heads right yeah. somehow because yeah. I mean they they are missing glorious chances, and I don't but know why. It's like hard to say, but I mean it's something that after me. But I mean they are our two main strikers at the moment. I mean we yes. don't have anybody else to call upon, but it's almost like they on 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 you know cloud nine at the moment, and you know it's almost like we're undroppable and whatever, so we can you know do whatever. That's why I say. I mean, I'm, we have, have to still now mention now the discuss the rain game. But I mean, this is where I was telling you, like over the last few weeks when you and I discussed potential transfers, and, and that is why I think we need to get a third. Like when we get the third striker in the summer, it has to be somebody that can really crank on the heat on both of them. Because sometimes, you know, as good players they are. I mean, don't get me wrong, they are fantastic players, but it's like sometimes that, that ego goes to the head. And then it's, it's like, you know, they can now, you know, randomly, you know, miss simple chances and so, whatever. There has to be like repercussions to it. And if the one, like one of the two or both of them are going to be too casual with their finishing, then there is a number three, a decent striker that's going to come in and do the job. If they can't. That's where we miss well, because actually, or even, you know, if we had like a guy like Jeru around, because I mean, the, like, they're not gonna. They're not the world class players, or they're not like you know. Oh, they're gonna set the field alight, but they do their job. They take their chances. So we need. We do need that pressure on Aubameyang, and like I said, and go and going to that penalty when um, Aubameyang got brought down by Davison Sanchez in the box. Yeah. I think you know, like there's your moment. You know, you you are number one strike, or you part of a number two strikers. And I mean, um, for me, way. that that penalty wasn't even struck with real intent. I no. mean, that, what eighty ninth minute? Yes, I thought it's gonna be you know one of it ice cold finishes like you would see, you know, like the way Henri used to do it or Van Persie used to do it. I was even Sanchez even remember that yeah. Burnley game where he just chipped the keeper. With, so yeah, it was, it was like you took it to know like you know Buma was if he had to eat it with power or something like that. You know, just, I know that's how he takes his penalties. He did score it against. I don't know if you not uh, picked up on any of it, but did you notice he's even his his body language told like, there was no confidence in that you know even when he stood yeah. waiting to take the penalty, he just stood you know like very I don't know he just looked more nervy than other times when you watch him take a penalty. So I don't think his mindset was there. Then you know maybe it was actually opportunity for somebody else to take a penalty. You know if you in that sort of mindset. Yeah, I mean you look at. Uh, I know this is like different, you know, different uh, competition. But if you get Rashford the other night, you're a bit younger than uh, than uh, than a Bamiang, yeah. taking a pressure penalty to stay in the competition of the Champions League. You look how he did it against uh, Buffon, and you look at a Bamiang the way he took that penalty. Almost like, like you said, he should have he did more intent or something like that. Yeah. But, Hundred percent sure, in uh, especially a moment like that. But I mean, maybe he should have gone down the path like like Andre used to do. If he gets fouled for the penalty, he let somebody else take it. Because yes, because I think Andre also said that like back in the day, he said there's so many things going through your head at that moment. You you you're not really focused on on you know just focusing on the penalty. It's like 
everything is like spinning 100 miles per hour through your head. So I think that is where maybe a cooler head should have now said, okay, look, I'll take the ball and I'll, you know, eat the penalty. The problem is, I think, with Arsenal at the moment, we don't have that real penalty taker. If you look at the likes of City, penalty, you know Aguero will take it. You look at Spurs, Kane will take it. Um, Liverpool, Salah, and we can go down the list to to the Chelsea with Hazard. Arsenal, you know, look like, okay, Aubameyang. But, yeah. okay, maybe Aubameyang might not be on the field. Then who next? Yeah. Like, I mean, we should have that, that, that main guy on the field at all times. Because, I mean, like, when they, you know, <laughs> when that, before the Harry Kane penalty, when that stat popped up, that, that little diagram that pops up on the screen to show where he puts his yes. pen, you can see it's all, like, all over the goal. So, it's like, you can, you're never going to really read where he's going to, you know, place that. So, no wonder you just saw green balls, you know, red. But but that being said, you know, I felt hard done by not getting yeah. the, the three points. But if you look at it in the start of the game, if I had offered you any Arsenal fan one point at Wembley, we would have taken it and said, no, you know, we walk away, don't fall further points behind Spurs, knowing that they still have to go play Liverpool and City away from home. So, you know, there's, there's, there's still there's a perfect away performance. And yeah, yeah. when we do go into this red discussion, my argument is why can't Arsenal play most of the away games like this? Be it, be it the opposition, um, whoever they play, you can frustrate the opposition like this. But now you go sometimes and play an open game away from home and you get caught out all the time. Maybe respect some of the opposition a bit more. And you can have these type of performances more often. I mean, you know, if it, what what my take like is when I uh, wrapping up the the Tottenham game. If you just think like when I what actually made, uh, was like a real feel good feeling was, you know, when you listen to the critics when they were on the on the Monday or Sunday football shows and they giving us all this credit and plaudits, it just shows you. And I mean, it actually made people like Pochettino and Harry Kane look foolish because. They were talking as if they swamped us, and as if they, you know, it, it was like a total domination uh, or dominated game by them. But I mean, everybody, other like as I said, other than that, people in that Tottenham bubble, you know, were giving us plaudits, were giving our midfield plaudits. I mean, you could see stats-wise also, we totally, you know, bossed We we made the midfield actually look average, and I mean, they almost like they needed a, a, a set piece to break us down in a way. If you take it like that. Because other than that, they were not really a threat from when they had corners, whatever. Then we already immediately sprung into a counter or whatever when, we, when things like that played out. So, I don't even, even know why Harry Kane uh, bothered to take the ball to this um, center circle once they scored because they added absolutely nothing <laughs> after they scored. <laughs> so we switch our attentions to the Europa League game against Rennes, away from home. Uh, Emery again rang the changes as we switched our teams into the cup. Um, also started brightly uh, when I think Iwobi's cross yeah, uh, came. It's actually, it was more like a cross come shot. It found itself in the back of the net in the third minute and we were off to a flyer. I was guilty of thinking that game's done already when it happened, I must admit. Then I went great. Well, I mean, you could see we were starting to you know, some like overpower showing like, you know, our domination, especially coming from the Premier League and that. So, I mean, 12 minute great work for Ozil. Plays a through ball to Iwobi, who comes bursting through on the overlap. Iwobi cuts the ball back to Reira Fires. 
first time and the keeper Kubek makes a fantastic save because that ball was heading to the top corner. Uh, from then on, Arsenal then went into comfort zone. Q ran to start growing in confidence. And then I forgot who the player was that played in Aubameyang. Um, and then he fluffed his lines again to catch yeah. on the ball, uh, allowing Kubek to snap up the you know the loose bouncing ball. Uh, 33 minutes, Mustafi then smashed a golden opportunity. A lack of paint wide of the post. Because I, I was actually thinking if he was not going to put that in, at least somebody would have somehow diverted. And this is this is also something that I want to now bring up. I've seen, this is not, not the first game I've seen this season alone where balls get flashed across goal, but you don't see any of our players thinking, okay, I'm going to stick out the foot to divert. Yeah. You know, something like, about, um, sorry, not about me, like as they did the other day where Mkhitaryan's shot was, shot was being uh, dragged wide. And it ended up just uh, being backheeled in by Lacazette, Goldwoods. And I think that is where some of the others... Uh, uh, sorry, uh, just, uh, can I just carry on the pot? Uh, just yeah. I think we, we, we can discuss the fact that uh, Arsenal's not putting, as Moore mentioned just before now, they're not putting their bodies on the line for, you know, 50-50s that could go your way because... If you put your, your your foot in for ball being slashed across the goal, take that gamble. You don't you don't buy that lottery ticket. You you don't uh, you don't you can't win the lottery. And many times this season, you've seen charges flashing past the ball, um, the balls, or across the box. And all all it would have taken was just uh, a foot or a sliding uh, into the box or sliding across the goal just to get the ball into the back of the net. So there's definitely something, the, the latter part of the season, I think that Arsenal should be, you know, doing just putting their body amongst things to, because you never know what can happen. Back again. <laughs> now, just, just discussing how maybe, you know, Arsenal should be discussing, I'm not discussing, Arsenal should be putting themselves sliding across the goal when the ball comes like that. I said, there's many chances we missed throughout the season where somebody didn't, you know, take a gamble to just put his foot there or just dive with their head in to just, you know, it's a golden opportunity that goals that could have counted for us. And especially now, when we're also, you know, scrapping for that top four yeah. and we also bang up the, the goal difference also. Yeah, that's definitely very important. And a side note now, I just want to talk about the Lens fans, that crowd, big ups to the crowd. They were on, on it. And I think the Emirates could take a thing or two from, from their stadium because they were rocking that stadium. But for the paper balls, which was... Yeah, that, 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 I mean, that was, that was an history. But anything else, I mean, they were like getting at Arsenal. Like, I was even like sitting at home watching the game and I'm like, wow, yeah. this is it. Just, just, I mean, in case I forget, though, I'll just jot it down here on a piece of page. I just want to mention something to you where we could also play it a bit wiser. Uh, no, 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 not a problem at all. Uh, but I do think Arsenal threw this 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 opportunity away, you know, to you were why not up. And if no, you had to to look, I just want to discuss the other key moments. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 35th yeah. minute, Socrates picks up. A yellow clearing up a Jaka mess because you know I saw everybody was like slagging off. Okay, Socrates, it was also a point of lack of discipline throughout because looking like he was asking for yellow anyway before. But <clears throat> for me, moments like this is also a game changer because 
if Xhaka does not try to do a, a cry turn with the ball, he's not going to be caught in position, but he tries to, you know, almost like wait until two guys are drawn towards him. Does this cry turn, gets caught on the ball. And then, of course, he's not going to really win the ball back. And if if uh, Socrates is not making that sliding tackle on Ben Arfa, Ben Arfa is going to be through because Ben Arfa is almost like a type of player. He's got, he might be like a one-trick pony with that little step over or drag back. But he's going to get, you know, somehow past you. And that was almost like Socrates' only way to really, you know, nullify that. So, so <clears throat> almost like a cheap yellow card we uh, give away. So, they went to this position, by Zaka, as I say, by Zaka as well. Then, on 41 minutes, a second yellow for Socrates. The defender gets caught up with Ismail Sa, both fall to the floor. With a Greek adjust, they have all down the pacey winger. Replays then show... That saw did actually the pulling, but the from the ref's view, it did look like a tug. So, I mean, maybe there was again another thing where VAR could have, you know, we bailed us yeah. out. Tottenham, we could have needed that, and now this game. Um, but Socrates was also his own worst enemy because he allowed also, like, in the build up to that, you could actually see Socrates allowed himself the, or the player to get goal side of him. And it was already problems because, especially with the turn of pace that, that saw has, he was never really going to catch up to him. So, I mean, of course. Sars, I mean, it's as young as he's quite wise to the, you know, winning. Yeah. So <clears throat> we go. And then see when Fiddy Kick gets fired in by uh, Borijo. It gets blocked by the wall. But uh, Luckers, uh, not Luckers, sorry, uh, Obama Young and Ozil turn their back on the wall instead of facing the rebound shot. And of course, the rebound shot gets fired back at high speed and it rockets in the top corner pass check with no, who has no chance. So we go second half. Mkhitary now forced to sit at the right back. A weird decision for me. Uh, Mustafa in switching central defence. Uh, rain tails are now, you know, really high up. And all of a sudden, they start eating us with wave upon wave of attacks. Uh, Borisio again forcing uh, Peter Cech into a good save from a, another one of the forceful shots. The first sub for Arsenal came on 53 minutes. He will be coming off for Gwendozi. Look, uh, as I said, this podcast is also opinions, opinions type of thing. And for me, again, it was a, a strange decision. I'm not going to now, you know, slag off the manager, but for me, at the moment, at that time, also strange decision because now we were set up. Like, if I can give another the, the listeners also a tactical, uh, yeah, almost like uh, input. We were now starting to play with a midfield. It is more compact and more central. So we're leaving left flank, right flank wide open. So our our left back is going to now be exposed. Our standby, stand, uh, what's it? Standby right back or backup right back or alternate. Because I mean, Mkhitaryan, I don't think he's ever played right back in his no, life. No, I've never ever thought of something like that. Would, no, he had a good sliding tackle at one stage, but yeah, carry on. Yeah, but I mean, look, he. <laughs> so like he did what he could. I mean, that's why I also take my hats off to him. In, in the, you know, if you think of how this game has also panned out. So of course we're leaving everything open, and that is what I don't get because if I can give now my input was like oh my tactical now, if I can say, I would have rather taken Ozil off. Like I'm talking now at the time, take Ozil off, shift. Mkhitaryan, because Mkhitaryan is also a baller. He can also hold on to the ball and do yeah. something. Did he bring in Maitland-Niles, an actual 
player that has that experience at right back and shift him in there. Because for me, it's not like we were asking for trouble. And, and another tactic where I think Emery also got wrong was instead of then going with a runner in front, drop Aubameyang where you play in the, in the midfield, where you play almost like with a bank of 4 4 or whatever, where it's going to be so tough for the opposition to break down. So it's almost like a 4 4 and then a 1 as a runner type of thing. Yeah, and I mean, at 1 1, you, you take your way, no, it's just a two legged affair. We stop thinking about, you know, you need to win your first leg. At 1 1, you got the away goal, you 10 men down, you say, okay, this is, we, we're going to take it. You know, we, we, we bury our feet to it. Like, you win a man of, down. Yeah, sorry, yeah, man down, sorry. Because I don't know what the score would have been if it's 10 men. The guy would have been called off. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, a man down, yeah. Uh, uh, um, we were a man down, and then. All we need to do is, you know, take the um, you take the the one one, and we go mm-hmm. back to the evidence with your away goal. Not trying to um, be flashy and trying to score. Maybe you can hit them on the counter attack, but other than that, I would have taken the one one. I was happy at one one. Because I mean, I, th- I don't think we have that that the characters like the days of Vieira, Burkamp, Henri that can actually with ten men they can still destroy you. We don't have that yes. characters in our team. Um, President paid off for uh, the Ren when they ended up getting a goal with a deflected own goal by Montreal to make a 2 1. It was, I mean, it was almost like expected because the sort of pressure that they were laying upon our goal, it was, you know, relentless. Uh, on 70 minutes, off came again. A sub at that point, again, it's not really making sense. As we yeah. Were, uh, actually, our boss said it was I think um, this was one of the games where, you know, we always look at Emery and we're like, wow, this guy's got his subs on point. I think this game, he, it sounded like you, he panicked almost at, yeah. at what was happening. And you could see he was making changes for the sake of it. Yeah, and then I'm in I, nine. Yeah, go on. Okay. I think Randy should have come on much earlier and not for maybe a bombing, maybe for. A Xhaka even. Because Xhaka was like all over the place, like he was diving for tackle. He was like a red card asking to happen. So I would have taken him off bringing Ramsey on. Of, of his temperament? I mean, when you're not even listening to your your captain or your, your players, like the senior players talking to you to tell you to calm down, then I, I mean, I don't know how you can still find a place for a player like it in squad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not the first time that he, he, he's been so reckless. He's always... I don't know if he has a, a, a temper problem or I don't know what it is because every time he just dives in recklessly when we don't need him to dive in recklessly. And then like Linz, uh, oh, I mean, I got subbed off for Kolasinac. I, I mean, honestly, I didn't know what the thinking was there also. Because now you bring on a left wing back to, to do what? I mean, of course, to maybe double up on that, that left flank. But I mean... It was like the damage is now kind of done already. So, okay, he was trying to show that up. And I mean, on 88 minutes, I was just thinking to myself, okay, this weekend, this uh, 2-1 defeat, we can actually take to the Emirates because my mindset was not thinking, okay, we're going to just have to take the L here. So, as our, my mindset is still going down that way, we end up losing the ball again high up the field. Counter-take by Ren, uh, they substitute James Saliki. Floating in a cross, 
in the Arsenal box for Saad to come in with a diving header and a ball, you know, fire pass Peter Cech. Uh, the one thing that really, really annoyed me was when they showed the replay, uh, Nacho Mondrea was on the edge of the rain box. So, I mean, I don't know how that is now, you know, what the mindset that was. Now with but, but, but my issue with that is, sorry, my issue with that is, I know he was there, but was it because the scene had brought in to cover him? But where was he that goal? Uh, I couldn't, I, uh, uh, I rewatched the goal like a few times and I was trying to see, okay, Kalasinach is there to show things up. But where was he? Like, he was, I don't know where he was on the field actually. Because I mean, then, you know, if you think of the way we were caught out, it was almost like we playing with uh, uh, 10 infield players. So, I mean, why take that risk and you like got nine infield players? Why? Yeah. I, I I don't understand what was going through that whole team's mind. At two one, you just need one goal at the eminence. You shut the game down. I think that's the problem with Arsenal is that sometimes we don't know when to kind of you know take a draw or when to you know realize okay, there's a second leg to come. I'm happy taking two one. We've got the away goal. We ten men. We'll get them at the eminence with a full eleven team. And we'll, and we'll blow him away there. But now it's a, a mountain to climb, actually. And I'm personally very worried. No, this is what I know. This is another little thing that I, I jotted down, this little note. If you recall that second half, whole time when we had corners and free kicks on the touchlines, Ren fans were throwing these paper balls on the field. And I was, yeah. I was just thinking to myself, you know, that's not my mind. Look, I can sometimes be... Uh, uh, Somebody that that's you know a very uh, sport sportsman type player, but I can also bring gamesmanship into the game. And if I, to be honest, if I was Jaka or any of our players, every paper ball I would have picked up personally and thrown it out because this is where our players are not wise to it. Because we should have also like tried to kill time where we could, even because look at also at the time it was still two one. Yeah. And I was just thinking there were key moments I get where. We could have, because look, the, at the, we also had a stage in the game where the ref card also really stop you because you can just say, look, these paper stuff is distracting me from taking my yeah. corner or whatever. And that was where, like I said, our or their mindset just did not kick in in that, thing, uh, that sense. Because for me, that, that the Rain fans, they could have also been killing it for their team. Because look, they, they yes. want to get the result, get the extra goals that they can. And we could have now used that thing as an excuse to just get that, that time the clock ticking down because look even if he's going to add on whatever time it, it's not going to be major major time he's going to add on for clearing that paper because it was all like the rain fans were, were wasting their own team's time if we had not done what what i just said now i so, think yeah, that's yeah. like street smart almost in yeah. the games i mean like you said now doing that take a 2-1 loss and you walk away but now it's like almost like arsenal were like i know they were too proud to lose against the rain but they just seemed that they wanted to win that game with 10 men or push yeah. for that second goal. But sometimes if you think about things logically, I'm like, is this a feasible or viable option to do? No. Take the, I know maybe it's a negative attitude to say, are we going to take a loss? But I will take it to one loss in your day, then push for a third goal with 10 men and then lose 3 1. Because I mean, for me, the way it was playing out was at was, was, was haunt. It was almost like a haunting reminder of that Monica going or so. Oh, very, very wanting um, reminder of that game as well. Claude our way back into it, and then 
yeah. to do it the way with it there it go so you know three one at full time a defeat that could have been avoided and you know not to fool you know make excuses or to fool anyone but i mean it's going to be an uphill task come next week probably one of our biggest games of two we actually played two of the biggest games of our season back to back yeah because coming up now united man united on uh on sunday it's not going to be an easy task Yes, and I mean now it's possible in in Paris, and now we're gonna have to, you know, step up under Emery now. And this is the games that you know your coaches need to show that why the coach are like you know why we chose Emery to coach Arsenal. He needs to step up because under Wenger, normally under Wenger a make or break game, Arsenal folds and we go lose three one or four one. So Emery needs to show now tomorrow that we can win this. So, I mean, you know, now we face United uh, tomorrow, as you mentioned. Uh, worst time to play them, really, because, look, the tails are up, having seen off PSG in their own backyard. And, I mean, United are still, you know, hit with loads and loads of injuries. So, I mean, you know, hats off to Solskjaer, what he's, you know, having to make do with and still, you know, getting the job done. Um, for me, my point is uh, regarding the game. We need to be clinical in this one. I mean... I mean, if we repeat ourselves, I'm like parrots every week. But <laughs> this is a game, a game type of game where you cannot. Because if you just think we, when not say we actually had a game. If you think of, you know, I mean, I hate sometimes when I, we go on this memory trip down the lane to, to say like, you know, when you have to compare. But I mean, when last have we actually had a game where we almost like the game is done within like 20 minutes, something like that. Because, I mean, United have their vulnerabilities, but it's not like, for some reason, I don't know if it's a mental thing or whatever, whenever we face them, there is always this, like, a bottle job on the horizon. So, you know, uh, like, the betting odds are to check. We are favourites going into this game. But, as I said, we've seen Arsenal make everywhere out of winnable games already. So, I don't know how. I mean, I, even to call a prediction on the game is tough because you don't know how we're going to score. Is our defense going to let us down? I mean, as much as I, as I try to, you know, sometimes be positive about stuff with regards to Arsenal and, and upcoming uh, fixtures. I think we're going to have to mark Pogba out the game. Just like, I don't know if you watched the PSG game, the first leg, where they used Marquinhos just to stay on Pogba. And, he, and Pogba basically got frustrated, which ultimately led to the red card. So we can't allow Pogba to get the freedom of the evidence because under Solskjaer, he seems like, you know, mm. he's the guy that they signed and he could dictate things. So if we can close him down, it'll be already one off of the game, one for us. So you know, one player that actually I fear the most, and I mean, I think many listeners will probably be surprised what I'm going to say, but for me, it's always the one that has always a solid game against us under Herrera. Yes. I, mean, I don't know what it is about that guy, but he just know. I don't know. It's not like he has that, that, that sort of um, aura of him that, that that Park used to have for United back in the Oh, game. yes. You know, we, you know, sometimes they can be average in, in games, other games, whatever. The minute they come to the Emirates, whatever, you see the stuck. Because for me, he, he's not like a, like a, a, a... Speaking of Herrera now, he's not like really a fancy player, but he gets stuck in. He puts... Or like even the the... the, the players that we have in our squad that are comfortable on the ball, he ruffles their feathers with that, you know, that, that heavy tackles and, and whatever. Or, you know, he tries to needle them, you know, to try to get them off the game. And then more often than not, it works. So I just hope, 
I mean, I don't know how, because at the moment he's still listed as injured. And, and for me, Matic is another one who's, you know, whether he was for Chelsea or now for United, he always, you know, gives his all. So, I mean, if, if that is, you know, players like that are out of the equation, then, I mean, it would be tough then for, for Pogba to, you know, to try to dominate the midfield. But, I mean, if, if he's got, if Pogba has any of that guys around him, that's a, there's still talk of Matic even making the game tomorrow. I'm not, as I said, I'm not 100% sure. But if it's going to be like that, it's going to be one hell of a game. Like, uh, I, think, I think Rashford also needs to be kept quiet as well because he's, he's, he's starting to, you know, he's always dangerous against Arsenal with that pace of his. And I'm glad as well, Lingard's not going to be playing because for some reason, he just enjoys scoring against Arsenal and always does the dancing. Do you know how long is out? Do you how long Lingard is out for? No, I'm not 100% sure. Because, I mean, like I said, they do have a long um, injury list, but the other thing, for the flip side is also, look, they've also been, you know, holding the cards to their chest, so you don't know how many are already in actual training again or who can be called upon for tomorrow's game. But, I mean, I just think we need a bit of luck also going our way because we've also had, like, a torrid season with injuries or, or players in the game that get, you know, get knocks and they just, don't play to their full potential in the game. I think tomorrow is a important game. We can win or worst case scenario draw the game because United still have to play Chelsea and they still have to play Man City. So and I think they have to go to the Molyneux as well. I know we also have to and Goodison Park. It's gonna be very tricky games. Mm. But I mean if, if Arsenal can just make sure that gap doesn't go more than what three, four points or three points, I'll be happy. If they can just get the draw a week tomorrow and then capitalize on that afterwards, I think that should be the main uh, main um, thought with Arsenal. I know the win is more important, but just not to lose for me is vital. Yeah, and that's where we'll end the podcast this afternoon. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Let's hope the result goes our way. Come on, you gunners. Yeah, three points, what we want. <laughs>